Welcome to another edition of the SC Times Sports Report podcast. My name is Zach Dwyer, and joining me as he does every week is prep reporter Brian Mosey. Brian, how are you feeling on this Thursday? I usually record Wednesdays, but we're a day late this week, but there's not a ton going on, so I don't think it's too big of a deal. It's getting boring. I want sports back. <laughs> it's been a while. I mean, I have it's picked up a little for me with college hockey, but especially for you, I know it's kind of you're you're literally writing about Christmas trees and Christmas lights and uh, Oreo cookie recipes. It's, you know, it's a bit of a change of pace for you. Yeah. No, I mean, it's been fun. It's been fun to kind of see the different things around the St. Cloud area and um, kind of experience that holiday holiday month. But um, yeah, I mean, sports can come back kind of whenever they want to. I, I'm, I'm not going to be mad about it. So yep. we got like about a week and a half before Walls has to make another decision and Hopefully we can have sports coming back sooner than later and we can kind of get back to normal again. I was about to say, I feel like you have about two more weeks of holiday cheer left in you before it slowly turns the other way. Yeah, once once Christmas hits, it's kind of like, There's not much to look forward to. (laughs) But but at least one thing we do have that's been going on a lot is Huskies hockey. They played four games um, in just about the last week and a half now. I think they'd only played one game the last time we podcasted. So we're going to talk a little bit about their start to the season, a pretty strong start before a loss last night. Um, women's hockey plays tonight and tomorrow night, recording this, like I said, on a Thursday morning. Um, so they're going to be in action. And then other than that, on the second half of the show, we're going to get a little bit um, into what the prep winter season could look like. The State High School League, they met it uh, second half of last week, Brian, attended that meeting um, and wrote a bit about that. So we'll discuss what the outlook, what that might look like. Nothing definite yet, but some, some positive signs, at least for the winter. Um, and we also got some all district and all conference volleyball and football results to finally wrap up with the bow that fall season. So we'll discuss all that in the second half of the show, but to start off, we're going to talk a little bit about um, men's hockey. So Brian, I know you've kind of been on the outside on this. You followed a little along, I guess, what are some of, what are some of the things you've just kind of seen or are curious about with what the team's looking like so far? Well, looking good. Um, I mean, except for last night's game. <laughs> Started off the season three, you know, and then lost, I think, what what is it, the worst team in, in the in the bubble or in the pod? Yeah, they, Western Michigan, they were um, only had a point through their first four games going into last night's game. Um, so it was actually the team St. Cloud had played in their first game in the pod. They beat them only four to three. So a good game the first time, but Western Michigan, um, had lost their starting goalie, Brandon Bussey. And then at the following two games gave up 10 goals and eight goals, um, which is not what you want to see in college hockey. So <laughs> 18 goals in two games, it was kind of making it look like they were unraveling a bit, but they kind of got their legs under them on Tuesday night. They played Colorado college who, um, they kind of came to the bubble late because of positive tests uh, about two or three weeks prior. So they tied three to three um, in their game. Uh, Western Michigan, they lost technically in the, the shootout, but they still got at least one point from the game for the, the standing. So it was a little more promising. So it showed they were kind of rebounding a little. And then they came out and just from the very beginning of the game, they just kind of controlled uh, the pace better. They didn't allow St. Cloud State to use kind of their speed and their athleticism that they'd used to rack up at least four goals a game in the first three games. Um, they scored in the first period. They took that lead um, all the way until, I believe, the third, and then they, they scored a second goal, um, kind of got a, a little a little tip-in goal that narrowly crossed the line. Um, 
that put St. Cloud down two to nothing really early in that third period. Um, St. Cloud, they scored a goal with 19 seconds left. Nick Perbick scored, which gave them a little hope, but it was kind of uh, too little too late. Um, and St. Cloud, they dropped their first game of the year. Yeah, no, I mean, definitely what I've been kind of seeing out of these four, four games that they've played. I mean, it seems like it's been a very close, close games. I mean, they're not like, you know, five, nothing or, you know, four, nothing or anything like that. They're very close games. And um, I think that's huge to start off a season because I mean, with any type of team, regardless if it's college or high school, you always want to make sure that these, that these guys know how to play during those types of pressure situations and, you know, being able to know, okay, like how things are going to work when it comes to that playoff time or, when, when the points really matter and, and you're starting to get into the end of the season and the standings are starting to get really tight. Those are the most important things. And I think having those close games, I mean, just for instance, on, uh, excuse me, on Saturday night, um, they, they played number four Denver and a really good game for, for the Huskies to start off this, to start off this pod. And it was a close game. I mean, it was a four to three win for, um, for the Huskies and, just being able to get those types of wins over dominant teams like DU early on in the season, I think is going to be crucial to this young team heading into, I think we got what, one more weekish left in the pod. And then after that, they're going to be coming back and playing in their actual stadiums and, and arenas and such. Um, and I think it'll be a lot of fun to just have that experience heading into that last part of the season. Yeah, it'll be huge. I mean, St. Cloud, they've trailed in every single game already this year. Um, they were able to come up from behind. They were all, I think, one goal deficits the first uh, three games. So, I mean, they were able to handle that adversity. I know Brett Larson, the head coach, he was pleased with that. But in his post game after this last game, he said after they got down that second goal, um, he saw some really bad body language. Everyone was kind of slumped. They seemed like they'd already lost the game. I um, mean, he took um, a really early timeout. Usually, you know, coaches each period, they save that timeout till pretty late on, you know three, four minutes left or to regroup right at the end. He used it really early um, in that period because they scored a goal and then they almost scored a second one um, in that third period to go up three goals. And he kind of brought the guys over and said, Hey, you know, we, we can't be acting like that. We have to kind of, no one's going to feel sorry for us for this. You know, we, we haven't faced the ship, but we have to see how to handle that. So I think it it's big that they have that, you know, had that loss to a team that um, Western Michigan, who's good was ranked, uh, preseason and was still receiving votes in the polls this uh, this week, even though they were um, were winless to to lose to a team like that. Honestly, because it shows that as they talk about so much um, in the NCHC, the conference, that it's just so dominant. And if you don't bring it one night, you're gonna get you're gonna lose and you're gonna get bounced. And that's what happened last night. And I, it's a it's a good lesson to learn early on for you know a number of young players but also the older guys that have been in this conference for a lot of years it's it's always good to get a reminder like that especially when you're going into place face North Dakota um, number one team in the country on Saturday who also just lost by a goal three to two to Denver um, to Denver who hadn't won a game so far this year even though they're a top 10 team so it especially in the pod when you're playing every two days back-to-back days um, yeah it, it just keeps coming and coming and there's no chance to to get down or kind of feel sorry for yourself because you have another game to, to play. Yeah. No, definitely. And, and I think, I, I guess for you, I know we're about a week and a half away from the pod being done, but still plenty of games left ahead um, for the Huskies before they, they end this whole pod thing. I guess, what are you kind of hoping to see these next few games 
um, to know that the hus- these Huskies are ready to go once, you know, January one comes around and they have that, that opener um, out of the pod. Well, I'd love to see him get a power play goal, which oh for nine so far this year through four games. Um, I mean, that, that about kind of sums it up for, for that. <laughs> like there's not much more you can, so much more you can say. They've had a really tough time um, stringing together passes on it, kind of creating good chances. Um, they did score one goal. Spencer Meyer, who's from Sartell, he scored a goal right as the power play ended. Um, I believe it was against Denver where he fired in a deep shot right as it expired. So um, they almost scored on the power play. But other than that, they just last night on their second power play, I think they were um, outshot on the first one, a Western Michigan forward. He took it from um, David Rennick, the Huskies goalie. He was behind the goal. He took it from him and almost wrapped the goal in around shorthanded, narrowly missed, just didn't have the angle. So, I mean, they're giving up really good chances to teams that are shorthanded, not even just for themselves getting those good chances. Um, the last power play last night looked a bit better. They had a couple chances with guys trying to tip the puck in at the net, but it just, it hasn't looked very cohesive so far. So, I mean, the power plays big. Um, and then also just being able to, to get a win, I'd say they play North Dakota Saturday and next Wednesday to get it at least split that, get one win out of that because they're not going to see North Dakota again until the NCHC playoffs at the earliest. Um, so to be able to, to face a team like that twice in a week that um, they might, they're probably going to drop down now after that loss against Denver, they won't be the number one team ranked in the country, but still a, easily one of the best teams in the country to be able to, to at least get a split or just really show something special against them. Um, they, they were able to do that last year at home in the second half of the year, and they were able to upset them a couple times. Um, so I'd really like to see them put in some good performances there um, and then just continue to, to go throughout this pot. I mean, they play Colorado college once um, who's just getting into the pot Omaha, who they beat previously. Um, and then Denver again. So, I mean, I think the last thing is just to, to be able to put in good efforts the second time you play a team, because they weren't really able to do that against Western Michigan. Um, so as they get to this back half of the pod to, to show they can string it together again um, and just look good until, you know, they're going to be facing Duluth who's undefeated. They lead the NCHC right now. They're going to play them. Lord, um, I got a count again, six times in the second half of the year. <laughs> um, so they're still, and they play Western Michigan a ton more times, Miami. Um, they're not going to see any of those teams anymore in the pod. They'll be playing the, the other half of the, of the NCHC, but yeah, just continue to put in good performances and leave here with, you know, a pretty strong winning record, stay ranked in the polls and just kind of have some momentum going into January. Definitely. No. And I know, I mean, if, if, even if you're not that well-versed in St. Cloud state hockey, you know what that rivalry is like with St. Cloud state and North Dakota. Um, I mean, the two, have a hatred towards each other, but also that well, that's what makes that rivalry so much fun. Um, and I know for me coming in last year in January, um, I think it was probably a couple of weeks after that, that they played North Dakota and were able to upset them and, and get that, get that sweep. And um, I know that was a big, that was a big weekend. And um, a lot of Husky fans were pumped after that weekend, especially knowing that that could be a momentum heading into the playoffs. And obviously, didn't get to do that. Um, but, um, but yeah, so, I mean, for the rest of the schedule, like, like Zach was kind of talking about, um, they played North Dakota on Saturday at 4 PM. Um, sorry, 4.05 PM. Your favorite, your yep. favorite, the five minute start times. I forgot. My, my bad on that. Um, and then they play right away on Sunday. So back to back games against, 
um, Nebraska, Omaha, and that's at 8.05 p.m. Um, then they have a couple days off, and they take on North Dakota again on Wednesday at uh, 7.35 p.m., and then they play Colorado College on Friday the 18th at 7.35 p.m. That will be um, – Zach will be out that, that those couple of days, so I will be kind of writing up that story, um, at least trying my best to replicate what Zach is able to do. So we'll, you know – cross our fingers and hope that hope that I can do, do it justice. Um, and then to wrap up the the pod on Sunday, the 20th, um, they take on Denver um, at four Oh five PM. Then they get a couple weeks off for holidays and such things like that. And then they come back and they play at home for their home opener against UMD um, on Friday, New Year's, New Year's day. So um, definitely going to be kind of a fun one. And then, after that, it's just kind of, I mean, basically every weekend almost and um, until kind of the end of February. And then we kind of see how the playoffs work and if the playoffs are going to happen. And, you know, we're back to what happened last year. It's kind of fun, you know, just full circle. It'd be, it'd be great to see that. And I think something to keep an eye on, too, is just how great, at least so far, knock on wood, this bubble has worked. I mean, there's been since teams have gotten there, there's been no cancellations while other leagues across men's and women's division one hockey or just games are getting canceled in mass. Um, women's hockey for St. Cloud, they're playing Bemidji state this weekend. It'll be their first game. They had a couple series already canceled because of um, opponents, other things. I know in the WCHA they're having where there's been a couple weekends where only one or two of the three series have been able to happen. There's been a lot of postponements um, and it's getting tough just because if a team, if even anyone has COVID basically in a program, just with how much you're playing together and practicing and all of that, um, you're probably going to have to miss two weeks and cancel at least possibly four games. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's been tough. That's why it's so fun that St. Cloud, they're just getting to play hockey right now for the men. They're getting all these games and experience um, when a lot of the country isn't having um, that same kind of luck. So, I mean, it, honestly, if we get to the playoff time, it wouldn't surprise me if they tried to do something like this again. It'll be fun, fun. to see as the year goes on if that discussion um, becomes a reality, especially if, if over the next week and a half it does end successfully and of the 38 games scheduled, all 38 games got played, that'd be pretty amazing. So um, yeah. yeah, it's, it's just exciting to see hockey being played, obviously it'd be nice to, to be there in person or taking photos, talking to these people in person, but that's, that's just not the case right now. But um, luckily with technology, it's pretty, it's been pretty seamless and still been able to, to cover them a lot. So it'd be fun to see, you know, aren't undefeated anymore, but kind of see what the Huskies can do over this next week and a half. Definitely. No. And, and I think, I think like you said, now that we've got a year under our belt of COVID and handling COVID, um, it wouldn't be surprising to see them do some type of pod for that playoff time so that they do get an opportunity to play for a title and, and being able to do that type of stuff. So um, wouldn't, so wouldn't surprise me at all, but um, I guess we'll kind of see how things go. And um, like you said, on the other end with women's women's hockey, um, the Huskies have started off one and three. They got that win against Mankato um, the weekend after Thanksgiving. Um, they lost to UMD um, twice last weekend. And uh, this upcoming week, like you said, Thursday, well, tonight um, at uh, 6.07. Yep. 6.07, they head over to Mamiji State to go take on, um, to go take on them and and then they play another game at 3.07 tomorrow night or tomorrow afternoon. Um, and that will be kind of their next couple games uh, for their schedule. But 
yeah, I guess what do you, what have you kind of seen from these girls or from these women, um, the women's team? And I guess, what do you kind of see happening this upcoming week with uh, the Memphis state matchup? Well, clearly we need to be at every game because the only game they've won is the one they've both been attendance. So, all right, let's head out. Yeah, that's first of all. I don't know. The last time you went to Bemidji, I remember a certain football team losing like forty <laughs> points, and you being pretty dejected after that weekend. Sorry, Sartell. Sorry, yeah. that was that was not a good one. No. So I don't know. We might we might stay clear of Bemidji for a little bit longer for Brian's sake, but. Um, no, the thing, I guess the biggest takeaway, it was hard to take too much away just from last week. They're playing number six ranked, um, UMD and obviously only score one goal, give up nine over two games, but Emma Paluzny, um, she made 50 saves in goal, um, in game two. Um, and I think she made, uh, a little less than 20 in kind of relief appearance in the first game. So yeah, that 50 is the most, um, by any goalie in the WCHA this year so far. Um, so it's good to see her back, um, healthy and you know them St. Cloud State basically having all their players back now after um, COVID protocols and all that so that kind of gives them two options in net now um, so that's big for them to, to have that going forward but for Bemidji it's kind of tough because like I said they haven't played yet this year um, I believe their goalie is now um, their goalie from last year who was a senior she's now a grad transfer starting for the Gophers who are you know top three ranked in the country so It'll be a bit different for them too, kind of a feeling out process. And that first game might give St. Cloud State a little bit of an advantage just having those four games already this year. So I think it'll be a good weekend for them. And um, I guess weekend, Thursday, Friday is kind of a weird, serious time, but early weekend. <laughs> yeah. And, it, and, you know, currently this is the last games they have scheduled that we know of right now. Um, the WCHA, they kind of spaced out their schedules so that they had everything before. Um, the new year has already come out and then they're still creating the schedule for after the new year to see if um, these teams that play division two and other sports, if they're going to play the teams like Wisconsin and Minnesota and Ohio state in the second half of the year, um, if COVID protocols line up and everyone's healthy and can play that way, um, or if they'll continue to play the teams that are in the NSIC for other sports. So um, they're still figuring all that out, I believe. And we're not going to see that, but this will be the last series, at least for a couple weeks um, for the Huskies. So hopefully they can, um, have a little bit better performance than last weekend and kind of go out on a high note before the new year. Definitely. And I guess lastly with college world, um, sounds like basketball is coming around the corner. Maybe I guess what there. Learned about what kind of, what have you learned about for regarding the basketball season? Yeah. So for basketball, um, they just kind of came out with a schedule change, not team wise, but kind of time wise and location wise for, men and women for St. Cloud State. So instead of kind of on the schedule before, it was that um, they're going to be playing every weekend, Friday and Saturday, other than the first weekends of Saturday, Sunday, but every weekend, Friday, Saturday, throughout January. In February, originally the teams were scheduled where men and women would be at the same site for those. It'd be double headers. Um, they switched that up where every single week the men are home, the women are in the road and vice versa. Um, but they're only playing conference opponents. It's going to be 16 games um, over those eight weeks. And it's also going to be um, against the seven division opponents. Um, St. Cloud State's in the north for the NSIC, so they're going to play Upper Iowa. Both teams are going to play the opener. They're in the south division, and the rest of the games are going to be against um, all of the north division. Then after that, we'll kind of see what happens. I haven't really seen anything yet. I don't think anything's officially on the schedule for um, postseason. I'm sure they're just going to wait to see how those eight weeks plan out because it seems it's almost not worth it to even plan out any farther than that. Um, at this point, but yeah, I mean, at this point, we're already on December 10th. So 
about a little over three weeks in college basketball, we'll at least be back um, at the Division II level, wrestling also at St. Cloud State. You know, so many time defending national champion. They're also going to be back in January and February. Um, I think they have six dual meets scheduled before um, their postseason. So, yeah, I mean, we haven't heard anything on the MIAC yet um, of what their official seasons can be for St. John's and St. Ben's, but at least we still have a little more clear of a picture um, what January and February are going to look like in a couple Huskies hockey home games. Um, I don't know if those are going to have any fans or not yet, but they'll at least be back here. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot going on at St. Cloud State every single weekend again, which will be kind of nice to see. Yeah, be able to get some sense of normalcy again. Um, but no, good. Well, I think that kind of wraps up our college segment a little bit. Um, and uh, I think we're just going to go take a quick little break, uh, come back and we'll talk more about the high school league as well as uh, football and volleyball awards that have been coming out um, over the last week or so. Um, so make sure to stay tuned. We'll be back in just a little bit. Welcome back to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Like always, just a reminder to follow along with coverage at sctimes.com. We have a lot of four subscriber only content that's been coming out, a couple features, and there's going to be a lot more coming as as the sports season approaches. So make sure to continue to subscribe um, or find us there. Also on Twitter, um, I'm at SC Times Zach and Brian's at at Brian Mosey. So also follow us along with any sports related kind of updates or news. There's also the best way to find us. So um, with you know, kind of moving on from that with the high school season, um, hopefully around the corner, we're still kind of crossing our fingers, but we're hoping it approaches soon. Um, I know the state high school league, they met last week for a meeting to discuss um, kind of winter possible schedules, um, postseason, all of that kind of stuff. Brian, what were some of the, the main takeaways or things, kind of the big bullet points that people should know from what was either discussed or decided at that meeting? Yeah, just a few things that they went over. I mean, nothing. I mean, it wasn't anything like huge breaking news or anything like that. Um, the first thing they talked about was just um, guidance in the sense of winter sports. So for the next couple of weeks, they're still doing Zoom um, virtual type calls and such. So they put it out. They put out some guidance on what coaches can and cannot do, as well as what student athletes can and cannot do. Um, and then the big thing that they talked about was just um, the projected calendar for winter and spring sports. That was probably the big one that most sports reporters were kind of waiting for during the meeting. Um, they came out with three different models and the three different models, it just depends on what walls um, and the state decides to do regarding the pause. Um, so as of right now, the pause is up or will be lifted on December 18th, that Friday. If they decide not to, continue on with a pause for high school sports, they will more than likely be allowed to start sports on the 21st of December, that Monday. Um, And so the big part is, is that teams have to have to practice for at least a couple of weeks to get into shape, get into condition um, and get ready for competition. And so um, they formed a couple different schedules that would pertain to having a start date on December 21st for practices They also had another model that kind of showed if they started like after the new year on January 4th, 
Um, and then there was another one, I think at like January 18th or so. And basically the, the gist of it is that um, more than likely your section tournaments will be happening towards the middle to end of March for um, the winter season. So no matter whether or not they start on the 21st of December or on the 18th of January, you're going to have the end of the season be that um, March 29th week. And so basically it'll either be an eight week, 10 week, six week, just depends on whenever they start that time. Um, And so the spring season will not be moved at all based on the decisions that walls makes for the winter season. Um, And and so basically it's uh yeah the, the 29th March 29th week will be kind of the quote unquote state tournament but nothing's been set in stone on the state tournament aspect um they just they're not they're not going to they're not going to really talk about that until probably their February board of directors meeting just because why because <laughs> right now we're in the middle of a pause and it's kind of pointless to talk about the state tournament until we, we know whether or not they're actually going to have anything going on at that time. Um, but it sounds like the, um, the spring season will start up basically around the um, April 5th mark, um, which is a little bit later than usual. Um, I know for, for past spring sports, they typically have like baseball starts up their tryouts probably middle of March or so. Um, and, this time they're going to be kind of starting up the season more around like the March 29th area or so. Um, and then they'll have about 12, anywhere from like 11 to 13 weeks of competition, depending on what sport you're in. And then the section section and state tournaments will happen middle of June. So that was kind of the big thing that people were talking about um, for the most part regarding this um, meeting they did talk about a couple other things regarding um, speech and debate and one act plays. I think they're going to be doing more of a virtual type competition for those particular activities. Um, And then there was discussion on um, there was discussion on the fact of uh, competitive section assignments and such, because this year um, will be the time where they're going to be kind of reformatting and realigning sections as well as possibly classes because they add in new classes to certain sports. So they're going to have to probably juggle those around a little bit too. Um, so overall, not anything like definitive. There's no like actual real set in stone plan, but they definitely made up some um, schedules so that we can, we have at least an idea of where we're going to be going once Walls makes his decision. So a bunch of people got in a room and talked and we're still here. Is that what you're telling me? Basically. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but at least, it, at least it does seem like they are. Um, it seems like there's a lot of forethought, at least to it kind of, like you said, we have no idea what governor walls is going to decide or if it, when it's going to change, but at least it seems like they're going to be plenty prepared once that does happen. Yeah. And, and the one thing that people need to understand is that the Minnesota state high school League has no power in making a start date for sports. This is all based on the Minnesota Department of Health, uh, the governor, Tim Walls, and just the state legislature overall. Like that executive order trumps anything that Minnesota State High School League could potentially do. So um, so be patient. Uh, I mean, 
Um, I know the Minnesota State High School League has has had a whole lot of ups and downs this year in the sense of just having to deal with COVID and having to deal with everything else that's going on. So, um, I mean, I know it's it hasn't been a, like, picture-perfect year in the sense of uh, how we deal with things and such. But right now, there's really nothing that the Minnesota State High School League can do besides come up with plans to hopefully have a schedule in place when that time comes, when that decision is made. Absolutely. And yes, I mean, with, with kind of their outlook, did it sound like if state tournaments can happen, obviously that's a big if, and there's going to be a lot of decisions along the way. Does that mean almost every sport is Cause usually it's staggered, you know, one to two sports every weekend. Did they make it sound like every sport's going to be on within a two to three week plan? Cause that sounds terrible. <laughs> like an absolute. <laughs> Um, doesn't sound great. Uh, no, especially not for us. Especially for two uh, for a two man sports crew that mm-hmm. has to cover like seventeen different sports. But <laughs> yes, that's exactly what you're, we're kind of saying. Um, it sounds like sections would start up probably like the week of the fifteenth or so. Um, so the week of the fifteenth and the twenty second would be section time for most sports, and then the 29th would be kind of that end of the season state tournament type of thing. And uh, yeah, like you said, I mean, in past years we had dance like the first week of February, then we had gymnastics, then we had, I think boys swimming, then we had wrestling. So it kind of like every week we had some type of state tournament, which was kind of fun because you get to focus on one particular sport every week um, as we get closer to the end of the season. But now this time, yeah, it sounds like we're probably going to have like, 55, 60 teams all competing during that first week of March 15th. And we're just going to have to, I, I think what we should do is just close our eyes, get a dartboard, close our eyes, throw it at, a, at the board and whatever one sticks, we're going. That's where we go. Yep. That's what I'm thinking. Mm-hmm. So probably be the most fair point at least. <laughs> yeah. Not to mention that's great timing with the, the exact same weekend, or I guess the previous weekend of NCHC playoffs going on <laughs> at the exact same time, potentially for St. Cloud State. So it'll be a great time here at the time. <laughs> so if you see us towards the end of March, just don't say hi. Like no. <laughs> That's, yeah, that, I think that's the best advice you've given all the time. <laughs> but regardless, if whenever the sports season does start up for high school, Zach and I will be working on previews and getting you some, top tens and different things like that so that you're all prepared and ready to go for whatever week regular season we have um, and get you ready for what's to come regarding this, this upcoming winter season, but hopefully sooner than later, but we'll, we'll have to kind of next week will definitely be a a big week where it comes to, you know, walls has to make a decision on what's going to happen next. And uh, I guess we'll find out what's going to happen. Yeah. That's, you know, it's, we're, we're, I know we're already, well on our way to starting on our own previews. Like you said, for those winter sports, we're already compiling stats and names, people to watch all that kind of stuff, which is, it's fun to at least have something to look forward to again and kind of get ready for um, that next stretch of, of months of a lot of, a lot and a lot of games happening at the same time. But um, the last thing I'd say we should touch on is like you said, you've put up stories over the last week of all conference um, volleyball and all district football. We finally got all of those names. Um, and kind of nominations and results compiled. Um, you want to run through a couple of them or just some of the names that stood out or teams that had the most selections? Yeah, for football. Um, so like he said, it's all district because 
football does districts. They don't do conferences. I learned that my first year in Minnesota high school sports kind of got, got reamed on that. So learn that one quick. Um, but yes, yeah, so for uh, the North Central White District, uh, Ricori, I don't know if you've heard of them, um, but apparently they're pretty good. So they got a lot of selections. I think they just literally put their whole roster on it and they just <laughs> called it good. They just went, we're fine. That's what it looks like if you look at the list. My goodness. They have, uh, what is it, two, four, six, eight, nine selections to the all-district team. And then they have two, four, six, eight, nine selections to honorable mentions. So, yeah, basically your entire starting lineup is on, is on the team. 18 players, and most of the players go both ways for Ricori. So <laughs> just do the math on that. You can figure it out. Um, but for um, the awards, so every district kind of gives out awards for players of the year, MVPs, all that type of stuff. Um the MVP for the North Central White District was Camden Bauer from Ricori. Um, receiver of the year was Tucker Hokinson from uh, Ricori as well. Um, the defensive back of the year was Luke Humbert from Ricori as well. Um, the coach of the year was James Herberg from the Spartans. And uh, the assistant coach of the year was Lloyd Dazenson, um, who is also from Ricori. So, a lot of awards for the Spartans, um, deservingly so. I mean, when you're the section title winner, you had an undefeated season. Um, I mean, definitely deserve to get those types of honors for sure. So kudos to them on that. Um, for Albany, they were in the East Central North District. Um, they had seven selections to the team and three honorable mentions. Um, the awards portion uh nolan reuter he got mvp for their for their district um devin ritter had most valuable offensive lineman and then the most valuable linebacker was carter thielen so um definitely some familiar names and some names that definitely needed to to get some recognition because they had such an incredible season albany being section title winners and also having an undefeated season as well so in sartell they also had a lot of names on the list, um, seven on the first team and two honorable mentions in the North Central Red. Um, Sock Rapids also with a lot of names as well, um, six on first team and six honorable mentions with Offensive Lineman of the Year going to Aaron Reichard. Um, winning that award is big for them. So a lot of representation there too. Um, Cathedral, who's in the East Central North along with Albany, they had three on the first team and four honorable mentions. Um, and then Apollo and Tech each also had um, – Apollo had six, and Tech had five um, first-team names um, in their district as well, in the North Central Red um, and the North Central White. So if, if you haven't got confused by East, North, Central, and Red, White, and other colors at this point, I'm impressed because I, I don't even know if I said them right by the end of that. But um, if you're keeping track along at home, I hope you kept up because – Football districts are confusing, and I wish they would just play in conferences. <laughs> That's the conclusion. And uh, you can you can check all these stories out on SC Times in case you do get confused by us. Um, you're so, I'm sorry in advance, but go ahead and check out the SC Times. Um, and then this morning, I just published um, for all conference for Granite City or Granite Ridge, um, as well as Central Lakes for volleyball. Um, Albany, they had 
three selections to the all-conference team. Um, they also, Paige Meyer earned MVP as well as setter of the year for the Granite Ridge, and Ashley Weber had hitter of the year for the Granite Ridge. Um, Cathedral had two players on the all-conference for Granite Ridge, and then Sartell had three um, selections to the Central Lakes All-Conference, as well as two honorable mentions. Um, Apollo had three uh, or two selections and three honorable mentions for Central Lakes. Sock Rapids had one Central Lakes um, selection, as well as three honorable mentions. Ricori had two for the selections and three honorable mentions. Tech had one selection as well as two honorable mentions as well. And a lot of familiar names on that list that's similar to um, the selections for um, all metros for the St. Cloud Times as well. So um, very comparable to what what we were able to do for our selections as well. So um, that's a good sign. At least we picked the right people, I think. So yeah, it should make make you feel good. I think so. But yeah, yeah, like like we said, I mean, there's – there's about 40, 50 names on volleyball and about eh, roughly 70 names or more on football. So like Brian said, I would pref- I'd prefer you go to the SC Times and just read those unless you want to <laughs> listen to us list off names for 45 minutes. <laughs> we could make that as an extra podcast this week if you just want us to list names. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I know that's yeah. always entertaining. To listen to it, so. Like no, you said, definitely. yeah, it's good to at least finally get those. And like we said, that – kind of officially finally puts a cap on the fall season. Um, all the yeah. all metros we did the past weeks. Now we have all district, all conference, and we can firmly look ahead to, to the winter season for preps. Definitely. No, and, and I think for us, I mean, as for this upcoming week, like we said, you know, St. Cloud State has um, men's hockey and women's hockey have a few games up ahead. Um, so we'll probably next week we'll be talking about that. And then we'll probably do a little bit of an earlier podcast next week, just because Zach will be, um, taking off for the next week or so, um, kicking back and enjoying that Christmas uh, Christmas holiday. Um, so we'll be working on. Well, I'll, I'll be kind of taking over the reins for at least a week or so. Um, try to cover St. Cloud State hockey. I, we'll see. We'll see how that goes. Um, and then, if the pause does stop and we have sports, I will be running around like a chicken with my head cut off for a couple of weeks. Um, as we get previews going, and uh, that'll be fun. Be good it time. will be fun. Um, yeah, that's what happens when you stack vacate, you stack PTO days until all of a sudden you're in December. And you're like, oh, you have you have eight days left to use this month of your 15 <laughs> for the year, um, and they got to be used by the end of the year. So here we are. So yeah, let's have yeah. about a week and a half off. That will be really nice, a nice little refresher through Christmas, and then be really ready that that first day I'm back to to get going on these previews and hopefully be out. At practices, that would just be really fun to, to what? get that feel again. I know. At practices? It'd be nice. I can hope. That would be kind of fun. Dream. Yeah, but I'm off. I'm out uh, like half of the week of Christmas because same with Zach, I had a lot of extra PTO days that I had to take off as well. So so we'll be back probably. <laughs> I think there might be a little bit of a pause between Christmas time for the podcast and, and New Year's time, but um, we'll definitely be back once the New Year's is done and uh, be able to bring you some of the previews and hopefully some sports content um, as we get ready for that winter season to start up for high school sports. But, um, but yeah, no, should be, should be kind of a fun one. Um, today was a lot of good content um, to give to you, and, and hopefully you can go check out SC Times for um, more content. We'll be, 
like Zach said, he'll be posting up a bunch of different stories regarding all the different highlights from all the different uh, Husky games. And next week I'll be posting a lot of highlights or updates on what Walls is going to do for high school sports. So have plenty of content coming your way. So make sure to stay tuned to, to everything that is St. St. Cloud times. Yeah. And sports world just don't do anything Christmas week. We're, we're not in the mood this year. That's, that's all I have to say. Amen. <laughs> it's that simple. But once again, thank you for tuning in to the SC Times Sports Report podcast. Um, like always, you know, subscribe, tell your friends, get the word out because we're just hoping to continue to build this. And especially when we get really busy again, it'd be great if we just continue to, to boost that listenership and have as many people listening as possible. So once again, thanks for tuning in again this week to the podcast and we'll see you again next time.